New Hope's Sermon of the Week. We pray that you're blessed as you listen to this week's message. Well, good morning. I'm Ralph. I'm one of the pastors here. So it's good to, good to, good to be here, good to see all these beautiful faces. You know, Proverbs 17, 22 says that a, a joyful heart or a cheerful heart is good medicine. So I'm going to get you laughing just a little bit. You know, I, was, I came across this this week too, and I, I mean, I, I love just laughing out loud to myself. Anybody like doing that? Just, just laughing to yourself and getting a good chuckle out of things. But these are some of the famous bloopers that are in church bulletins. These, these are real, so. Not, a, not ours, but. Uh, the first one is, you know, the preacher will preach his farewell message after which the choir will sing, break forth with joy. <laughs> the, the low self-esteem support group will meet this Thursday at 7 p.m. Uh, please use the back door. <laughs> that, that one cracks me up. The Reverend Merriweather spoke briefly, much to the delight of the audience. I like this one. During the abs, during the abs, during the absence of our pastor, we enjoyed a rare privilege of hearing a good sermon <laughs> when J.F. Tubbs supplied the pulpit. Next Sunday, Mrs. Wilson will be the soloist for the morning service. The pastor will then speak on. It's a terrible experience. (laughs) Remember in prayer the many who are sick of our church and community. (laughs) Remember in prayer the many who are sick of our church and community. It's like, please, Lord, help us. That kind of fits in with this one now. Don't let worry kill you off. Let the church help. (laughs) A bean, a bean supper will be held this Tuesday evening in the church hall. Music will follow. These are real. These are real. These are true. And last but not least, I like this one. At the evening service tonight, the sermon will be, What is Hell? Come early and listen to our choir practice. (laughs) A cheerful heart does bring good medicine to us, doesn't it? Um, It's just good, good to be here. As we were, as we were worshiping, um, I'm going to read a, a scripture out of 1 Peter 2. So I just want you to take this. You know, we're, we're continuing on this theme. What are we fighting for? What are we fighting for? What are we taking hold of? What are you taking hold of in your life? And this is just a, a great passage of scripture that's becoming more alive to me, even as I do the Supernatural Bible School at the Welton Academy. Um, Tuesday nights, if you're not doing nothing, not this Tuesday, but next Tuesday because Jonathan and Karen are away this week. 
But it's been tremendous. So for the New Hope family, Tuesday night, you can come anytime. It's free. You don't even have to be part of the school, so to speak. You don't have to be an active student. But you'll just get a lot just from coming. It's just awesome. It's really good, right? We have a bunch of students here, but it's been tremendous. But first, uh, second, I'm sorry, 1 Peter 2, verse 9. So just, this is what we're fighting for. Because this is not in past tense, this is a now scripture. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people, but now are the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained, have obtained mercy. That's a powerful scripture. That is who we are. That's who, in this new covenant, this relationship we have with Jesus, what he accomplished, we are the people of God by having faith in Christ. This is really good. So I want to do a little review. If, if you weren't here last week, uh, just do a little review. I called it, uh, I asked the question to everybody, what are you fighting for? So it's a good question. And we, we had an understanding amongst each other that looking out into a group of people, there should be many different answers because all of us are in different seasons of our life. We have different uh, things going on in our life. So what are you fighting for? What are, and we, we define that a little bit. What are you taking hold of? That fighting means something that you were taking hold of. Jesus took hold of you. You're his possession. He says, you know, I'm taking hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. So what are you fighting for? That was the question. What are you taking hold of in your life? And that beautiful passage says, I'm, I'm, I'm laying hold of, I'm taking hold of eternal life. You know, eternal life is something to be experienced right now. It's not reserved for the future. John 17, John 17 verse 3 says, eternal life is this, is to know him, to know the one and only true God, and to know Jesus Christ, whom he's sent, whom he has sent. That's eternal life, knowing him, walking with him. And we, had a, and we talked about that, in this fight, what are we fighting for? Even corporately, we said um, that we're fighting for the real deal. We want to be a real, we want to be the chosen generation, the royal priesthood, his own very special people. We're fighting for an authentic expression of the kingdom of God manifested on earth. Sounds like a lot, but it's actually a people who've been called out of darkness into his marvelous light, and how we live our life and how we demonstrate our life. We want to be the real deal. We want to be this authentic demonstration. We want to, we want to be fighting for the next generation that's behind us. I saw a bunch of kids surrounding me. And I said, Lord, I want these kids to have, I'm fighting that they would have a pure gospel that's been displayed before them. It's been presented before them. They're going to grow up healthy in this thing we call the church. The body of Christ is going to be a great demonstration to them of Jesus the King and what this kingdom looks like on earth. We're fighting for the generation behind us. How we reflect him, how we display him, how we model our lives, how we make him known. So there's a lot to fight for. We're also fighting 
for what I call personal revelation. Them things that God has shown you. Them things that God has revealed to you. You have to fight for them things. And so what are you fighting for? So that no one can rob you of your personal revelation. The word revelation means God revealed it to you. He lifted the veil so you could see. So we have an understanding. God makes it known to us. We have an experience. We like this word encounter. It means encounter means I had a meeting with Jesus. I had a meeting with God. I had an encounter. I had an experience with God. He showed me something that I will never, because I experienced it personally, I'm never going to lose it. No one can talk me out of it. We're fighting for our own personal revelation, things God has shown us. And I gave a fun example. We, we played that song, Happy. Um, you know, but I want to just, uh, I thought this would be a neat time to celebrate with you something in my, my life, my personal life. How many, how many of you know what happened in March of 1980? It was March of 1980. There was, a ca- there was an amazing thing that happened on the earth. It was, it was March 1980 when Mount St. Helens blew. Remember that? I, I like these discovery shows, these, these shows. Uh, they were doing a thing on March of 1980, Mount St. Helens and this whole volcano thing. It's pretty fascinating. So as Mar- Mount St. Helens was erupting, there was a, a young 21-year-old kid sitting in a jail cell. That was me. And I was, uh, I was in a jail cell in the beautiful uh, state of South Dakota, Rapid City, South Dakota. And... Um, I had been a rebel to Jesus, and I had not known Jesus. I came from a big, intense Italian family and Roman Catholic family. thought religion was a, a farce, thought Jesus was a joke. And then I landed myself in prison, in jail, and uh, he touched me. He revealed himself to me. As a 21-year-old kid reading the Bible, how many remember the way? The Bible, the way? The living Bible. I bowed my knee to Jesus, and I said, Jesus, come into my heart, not knowing zero. And he came in. It's amazing. He comes into our hearts, and he lives, and he dwells, and he transforms us. And think about that amazing dynamic. My wife and I were married for a few years. We actually did smoke a lot of pot, did some other drugs. We were definitely potheads, though. You know, I guess a pothead is every day, five times a day. That would probably categorize a pothead. And um, we had never been with each other outside of pot and drugs. And I'm committing my life to Jesus Christ. Honestly, weighing that out, knowing that, I, I might, Wanda and I might not make it. At the same time I'm committing my life to Christ, Wanda has an experience with Jesus Christ. And we never look back. We never look back. So all of your friends thought you were wackos, Right? All of your family, the big Italian family, was waiting for it to wear off. It'll pass. He's just going through a stage. He had a jailhouse experience. It won't last long. No one can ever steal that experience. So to their surprise, 34 years later, 35 years of marriage, five beautiful kids, I love you, Jesus. Right? You! March 1980. So I'm 34 years old in the, in the Spirit, in the Lord. 
But think about that. God reveals it to us. No one can ever take it from you. So you're fighting for your personal revelation of what God shows you. Your experiences with, your experiences with God are vital. Some of the things you're going to fight for. And then we're fighting for this beautiful thing we call the gospel. The happy gospel. The good news about Jesus Christ. And uh, my wife is a gift to me, you know. She's one that on the way home or after we have lunch a little bit, she can say, uh, you got really intense last week, you know. I go, yeah, you know, op- open for feedback, you know. Sure I am. The defense, the defense shields go up, you know. What do you mean I got intense? <laughs> you know, I didn't think I got that intense. Well, you did. You got a little crazy there, you know. You got a little, she, she said, I got a little crazy, and then you start. You know, and so, you know, I listened to the message. And I, yeah, I did get a little crazy. <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny when you get a little crazy because I, I tell you, if you've ever been in this position of, of, of sharing from a pulpit or trying to communicate something, believe it or not, everybody who gets up here wants to be a good communicator. They want to express something. They want to share their heart. They, they want to have a point to it all. But sometimes if you go out of your mind and you get a little crazy... It kind of sounds like this. You know? So, so I've learned, yeah, so I've learned not to beat myself up, but it, like, it, it started okay, then kind of got a little intense, and then it was like a scramble, and then it was okay closed, you know? So, you know, we can all grow and learn how we communicate. But here's, but here's what I asked the Lord. I asked the Lord... I said, Lord, why? It's a good question, right? Why did I get so intense? I got a big thing here, highlighted in yellow. Slow down. (laughs) Don't yell. (laughs) Wanda, slow down. Don't yell. I said, Lord, why? Why was I getting so intense? Why was I just kind of going out of my mind a little bit? And he showed me, so I'm going to try to communicate that. This intensity had some, I had some good encouragement too. People said, you know, there was like fire coming out of you. You know, fire can be good or fire can just kind of burn everything up and be, leave a mess. But there was a fire, there was an intensity and I said, Lord, what, what is it? And, and here's what I'm going to try, try to communicate. I love the church. The church is God's people. We, get, we are the church, and we gather in a building. We're the ecclesia, right? We're, we're the called out ones. We're the body of Christ. We're the army of God, and we gather and all these years of loving people and serving God and serving the church and raising up our family and loving people, watching people not know who they are in Christ and the authority that they carry, because that's what Christ won us for. We are his possession. Watching bondage, watching laws or rules or chains or bondage captivate God's people, which ultimately hinder them from being really who they were designed to be, drives me crazy. 
so I was reading out of Galatians 1 and 2. I was reading some out of Corinthians. And, and Paul the Apostle, I felt like his biggest thing was fight the good fight. And what he was fighting for was we're not gonna, Christianity is not going to turn into or go back to a form of Judaism and the law and rules and bondage. And he was declaring all the time, Christ Jesus accomplished this. Walk in this now. So in Galatians 1, it talked about how we marvel, how, um, how uh, we marveled. Uh, I'm sorry. Just slow down again. People were fighting for, for our freedom in Christ. We're fighting for this glorious message. We're fighting for the true nature of God to be revealed. We're fighting for the true nature of God to be revealed in this day, in this hour, a people who properly display and represent who is God the Father, what's he like, what is this Jesus, what does it mean to be a Christian? I'm saddened by some of the events, by some of the events we see that take place on the earth. I'm saddened by some, some of the ways that the church or the body of Christ or, or, or Christians are representing Jesus. So I said, Lord, what was all that intensity? Why was I so fired up? Because I hate seeing people getting robbed. I hate seeing people coming under bondage. I realize that I hate religion. I hate religion. And, and so the other side of that is, well, what do we, when I sense it, when I feel it, when I see it, when I hear it, and I see this thing come on people, I said, no, 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 no. That is not who you are. That's not what God's word says. It's not what Jesus accomplished for us to, be, to walk back into bondage or fear or rules and regulations. We're fighting for a pure, authentic gospel, which is the good news. We're fighting for sonship, and we're fighting for friendship with God because he has restored us in a relationship with himself. God the Father has restored mankind, us being those who would believe. All you have to do is believe on him. Believe it or not, just like Abraham, all we have to do is believe on him. Believe him. So that's what we're fighting for. So like I said, I was, I was fired up. I, I actually felt like I was out of my mind. But I just want to share a few of the reasons why, even when you look at Galatians 1 and 2, Paul wrote, you know, I marvel that you are turning away. That's that, get it? That's that intensity. I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you into grace in Christ to a different gospel. You can study that different gospel. It could be a different gospel, or it's not even really the same gospel because you've added so much to it. It's really a different gospel. Who has bewitched you? Who has tricked you? I like this one in one of the, uh, I think it was uh, the New Living Version. It says, what magician has cast an evil spell on you? Talk about getting duped, getting tricked, falling into a trap. Who's cast an evil spell on you? Did you not receive the Holy Spirit? Oh, I'm sorry. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by keeping the law? Of course not. For the Holy Spirit came upon you and in you only after you believed the message you heard about Christ. So there is a gospel message that Paul fought for, 
that he defended that is an intense message. So we talked about how we really needed to define this message. And it's, it's great studying, and I feel like sometimes God will just bring out to me, he'll say, the gospel message, being reconciled to God, being restored in a right relationship with God through what Jesus Christ did. We're fighting for that truth. I, I did a little kind of pro and con, you know how you, you think about what you're fighting for? We're, we're fighting for a pure gospel, like Abraham Believe in God. He believed in God. We're putting all our faith into Jesus Christ and him alone. We're putting our faith in his death, his burial, and his resurrection. You know, something I just learned this week in school, and, and it's really neat because those, when, when Christ was a shadow or type that was before, they had faith in what was coming. You realize our faith is when we look back. Our faith is looking back at what had been accomplished. But it still requires faith to believe what Jesus Christ accomplished. We look back and say, because of that situation, because God sent his son over 2,000 years ago, because Jesus came to do the will of the Father, he came to reflect the Father, to make the Father known, he came to lay down his life so that our sins could be forgiven. And we have faith in his death and his burial and his resurrection. We understand this gospel is the shedding of his blood, the forgiveness of our sin. We have a new life, and we get to bear new fruit and good fruit. We are a new creation in Jesus Christ. If you're getting robbed, Paul called it a perverted gospel, a corrupt gospel, a gospel that began to put you back under the yoke of bondage. It's a dreadful gospel, it's disturbing. It's a doctrine which says we are justified by works of the law or it mixes grace in with works and this whole message of what does it mean to be made righteous? What does it mean to be justified? What does it mean to be in a right relationship with God? And it's really a disturbing message when it gets corrupted in any way because the reality is it's faith in Christ. And it sounds so simple, but that's it. Faith in Christ. So we're fighting for this pure gospel message. And so I wrote down a few other things. I said this fire and this intensity was watching God's people slip back into religion, into bondage, into works, which brings confusion. And then all it does is it produces, and here's the heart of what I want to nail today, it produces a lack of identity and authority in the people of God and what they're called to do. When you don't know who you are, when you slip back into religion and bondage and works and you're confused, it produces that lack of identity in who you are and the authority in which you carry. It robs you of joy and fruitfulness. It robs you of the abundant life. I had a personal revelation. Remember that I could be happy. No matter what I was going through, God revealed that to me because Jesus said, I come to give your life an abundant life. And those who've known my life and watched my life over a long period of time, I'm a happy guy because of Jesus. He's just, he's amazing. There's really an abundant life. It robs us of eternal life. When I wrote that, it's a pretty powerful statement. It robs us of eternal life because eternal life is defined in John 17, 3, to know God. 
to know the only true God and the Son whom he sent. That's eternal life. So when you're walking in that, man, I got etern- I'm, I'm experiencing eternal life right now, today. That's awesome. So we don't want to fall back. Then I had this really neat picture. I had this really neat picture. And if you know about the parable of the sower, it's similar, but this was my own picture, that the picture of the gospel is like seed. You know, it says it's seed. It's seed that's being sown. I saw seed being sown, and I saw rain coming to a soil. And then, you know, the ground, the ground receives the message, receives the seed, receives the rain, and the soil is our heart and our life. And then that seed takes root, and the roots begin to go down, and it begin, we get, begin to bear fruit. And, and remember, everything comes by faith, and everything comes in seed. And then we begin to grow, and we're developing, we're bearing fruit. And then transformation comes. And there's nothing like transformation because what you see is, wow, I'm not the same person I used to be. And it's a work of the Holy Spirit inside working out. We're not doing exterior, we're not doing exterior mod- remodeling to change the exterior to conform to some rules or a certain behavior. We're not doing behavior modification. We're doing seeds of the message of the gospel going and it produces in us a transformation. And again, when I see people trying to rob God's people because you got to slip back. See, you're slipping back into works, back into religion, back into a load of burdens, and that's a perverted gospel. It's a horrible gospel. It's not... It's, 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 it's the gospel message of Jesus is being undermined. Here's a neat one out of Acts 15, 24. One of the things they were debating, they were talking about in the early church in the book of Acts was ye must be circumcised and keep the law. Ye must be circumcised and keep the law. And Paul said, we gave no such command. Jesus Christ gave no such command. That wasn't a requirement to be saved, to go to heaven. It was not a requirement to be in a right relationship with God. They were slipping back. And Paul fought for it. He said, no. He said, no. The Jews and the Gentiles are now one. It's a, it's a, it's a mystery. It's a miracle. But, it, but they, they wanted to undermine the gospel. So I want to take a few minutes just to talk about this beautiful gospel. The genuine gospel of Jesus Christ. In the genuine gospel, when you receive Christ, you're going to be free for the first first time in your life. You're going to experience freedom. And you're going to grow, and the seed's going to come in, and you're going to realize that you're a new creation. You're a new creation, you're a new man, or you're a new woman. You know, the old was passed away. And behold, I've made you new. He gives us a new life, and he gives us a new nature. I'm not the old man struggling through life trying to change my behaviors. I'm learning that I'm a new man with a new nature, and now I'm living this thing out. But God did that when we, when we, uh, when, in this beautiful gospel that we received. We have a restored identity. That We're going back to the garden. That which what we were in the garden that was lost has now been restored. Gracie, after last week, she says to me, Ralph, I did a message. It's the best news I ever heard. It's the best news I ever heard. It's still the best news. This gospel message. 
New life, new creation, new man, new freedom, new nature, restored identity. Now I'm growing and I'm walking in this new identity and my authority that I have. I'm an ambassador for Jesus Christ. I'm a citizen of heaven. My old friends 34 years ago could not get it. Had to lose some friends. That was okay. My mom and dad freaked out. Big fights, talking, relatives. They never got it. They never got it. Then slowly but slowly, you walk into the room, you change the room. My mother and father received Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My brother, my sister, my grandma, that was my family. They all came to Jesus Christ. Watch my dad get baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit, worshiping Hosanna songs and his big Lincoln Continental. <laughs> it was awesome. My mom and dad are in heaven. They both died younger and they both, they both are in heaven. You know, that's awesome. Citizens of heaven. So now we're fighting for sonship, for friendship, and for relationship. So just real quick, take a little time here, because I think it's so important to be refreshed in the gospel. By the blood of his cross, by the shedding of his blood on that cross, that wonderful cross. Don't we sing about that? That wonderful cross making atonement for our sins. He satisfied what was required from the law. He requ- what the blood had to be shed for the remission of sin. Jesus laid down his life for us. And by that work of the cross, we've been reconciled. He made it possible for God and man to be reconciled. Ephesians 2.18 talks about how through Jesus Christ, by the Holy Spirit, We have access to God the Father now. We have access to God the Father now through when Jesus said it's finished. Whoever believes in me has access to the Father. You don't have to get circumcised. You don't have to keep the law. By faith in Christ, we have access to God the Father by faith. By faith in that. We're looking back saying, Jesus, you accomplished that. The gospel is really being reconciled to God. We are restored in our friendship with God. We're restored in our relationship with God. I mean, these are powerful things. I'm with people, and when I see that they don't know, I can tell you, I know a pastor's wife who has a hard time receiving the love of God the Father because there's been a perverted gospel that has slipped her back into She's not good enough. She's not worthy enough. She's not doing enough. And it's, man, Jesus did it all so that you could have access to the Father and you could have fullness of life and a relationship with him. And it's only through having faith, believing in Jesus, his son. So we talked about this, but his blood was shed. He was the Lamb of God, spotless, blameless. He laid down his life. He was the atonement for sin. He restored us to the Father. There was an exchange. Jesus Christ took on himself, took the punishment. Jesus Christ paid a debt that we could not ever have paid. We should have been found guilty. He steps in and says, let them live. I'll pay the price. And we're looking back. And we're believing God. And Romans 5 is a great chapter But verse 1, since therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. 
by having faith in God. And then there's really neat scriptures about Abraham. It was, a, it was put in his account. It was accredited to him as righteous because he believed God. We have, the same, we have the same experience. We have peace with God because of what Jesus has done. Verse 5, this is a famous one, Romans 5, 5. You know, but God showed his great love for us by sending Jesus Christ to die for us while we were yet sinners. He died. Very rarely will a man die, right? Very rarely will somebody die and take somebody's place for a good man. But how about a, a bad man or a sinner? Said God demonstrated his love. He showed his love by sending his son to die for us while we were, we were, we were guilty. We were sinners. Verse 9, we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ. Don't let anybody rob that from you. Don't let anybody rob. See, and what's really so neat is personal revelation. I'm kind of glad I spent like almost a year in jail away from my wife. I had encounter after encounter, meeting with meeting with Jesus, him showing me from this point on, You'll live your life with faith in me and reading the word of God, getting these scriptures deep into my heart. I've been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, my Italian mother. No, mom, it's not by doing good and taking care of grandma. It's not by doing good and taking care of dad. It's by Jesus, his blood. I'm a good person. Verse 10, Romans 5, we have been restored. I love this one. We have been restored to friendship with God by the death of his son. We are friends of God. Verse 11, so now we can rejoice. So now we can rejoice in our, one, in our wonderful new relationship with God. All because of what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for us in making us friends with God. You can go so many different directions when you ask this question. What are we fighting for? What's the new political issue of the day? What is the cause of the day? There are very good things that you're going to be fighting for. There are things you're going to be pressing into. There's disrupting culture. There's things in our culture that aren't right that we as the body of Christ need to be the lead on. There's so many different things, so many different directions. But I felt like the Lord said, What we're fighting for here at New Hope at this season, and we have been on this journey, is we're fighting for the people of God to know their identity. We're fighting for the people of God to know their sonship. When I say sonship, if you're a woman, you're a daughter. If you're a man, you're a a son. I'm a son and a daughter, children of God, walking in that identity, not just knowing about it, but watching people... Here's a neat picture. So... Walking in that identity and walking in that authority is different from knowing about it. I know about it. No, I want you to walk in it. One of the ways we love around here in this culture, in this atmosphere of New Hope, in the family, it's New Hope. When we see people believing a lie, when we see people not you know, the worst thing you could say to me, this is so funny, this is why I wanted to drive around the crazy. You know, uh, the worst thing you could say to me is I'm doing the same old, same old. How you doing? Just getting by. 
life just getting by. Same old, same old. Gag me. Put a gun to my head. Shoot me. You know, and then you, then you want to ignore that person for the rest of the day. No. In our culture, little Holy Spirit goes, Brother, sister, what is going on? I love you enough, I care about you enough to say, what are you believing? What are you believing? Are you getting robbed? Do I need to help? Do I need to lead you? Do I need to help you see? Do I, do I need to, to, to remind you that you're a son or a daughter with authority and you've been given a new life? Do you, your, your identity, are you just a, you know, I'm just a survivor, I'm a survivor. You know, na, 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 na. Was that Beyonce, right? Or Destiny's Child? That just came like that, right? No. Am I just a survivor or a thriver? Are you living an abundant life or aren't you? What is going on? We're fighting for our true identity. Uh, you're, not, you're not just same old, same old, just getting by, struggling along. Life's so horrible. Okay, and, and, and the body of Christ, and, and you know, we're to teach and to train and to equip the saints, to equip the saints. We're fighting your identity. This is who you are. This is who you are. This is what he accomplished. How can you be in a right relationship with God, filled with the Holy Spirit, walking as a son of God or daughter of God, have authority, and how can life be the same old, same old? I understand. I actually got a, a, a message that's coming, and it's going to be called like, like the extraordinary ordinary, you know? The extraordinary ordinary. Or remember, uh, Cameron, one day we were talking, and it was finding God or, or the full awareness of God in the mundane. Like, like the powerful, awesome God. Ah! I'm doing dishes, you know? <laughs> I have chores. Washing the dishes is my chore now. You guys come over, kitchen, spotless. Wani comes home, meticulous. You know, carpet, dusting, dishes, the bed is made. I got my chores, right? Finding the awesome presence of God in the mundane. Like, wow, God's with me, I'm making the bed. You know, gives me a little strategy. Tuck in the sheet this way, do this, you know? If you guys came to my house, you know, Wani loves the carpet a certain way. You know, instead of getting out the vacuum, I get on my hands and knees and I do this little carpet move. You know? I do it. God knows I do it. You know? She likes the microfiber on the carpet a certain way. Microfiber on the the sofas. She comes home, candles are lit. Finding the awesome, powerful presence of God in the mundane. That's what I'm talking about. Real life, the real deal. Real deal. Transform life. Can't believe you could be happy doing this stuff. It's really fun because God's with me. He said he'll never leave me. He's, I have, I'm in a restored right relationship. With him. I'm fighting for the simple reality that he's with me all the time. So as I close, um, I, I've never heard the song, When You Walk Into the Room, Chris, that was great. Because it definitely is, um, see, because I love, I love songs, right? But Jesus is, is already sitting at the right hand of the Father. I mean, that's a reality. Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father. 
And Jesus said, it's better that I go be with the Father because the Holy Spirit will now come. The promise of the, of the Father was the Holy Spirit. And then he says, no longer will I be, you know, fill up like temples and buildings, but my dwelling place will be the children of God, those who believe in me. Now the full manifestation, the full presence of God is in the believer. Like, you know, wow. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you when you receive him and believe. The same spirit. It doesn't say, it doesn't say, you know, a lesser, 100 proof, 40 proof. No, the same spirit. Like marijuana, right? Mark, the full dose. I mean, like, we're talking the best, the full measure, the presence of God. So now this song really is God speaking to his church. God is speaking to the body of Christ. God is speaking to you as his people. When you walk into the room, everything changes. That's true. Darkness starts to tremble at the light that you bring. When you walk into the room, every heart starts burning. And nothing matters more than Christ in you, the hope of glory, filling you with the Holy Spirit as you go about your life. When you walk into the room, sickness starts to vanish. Hopeless situations cease to exist. When you walk into the room, the dead begin to rise. We're fighting for that. We're fighting for that. Not in a someday. I hope it happens. We're fighting for that because here's what we're fighting for. Sons and daughters knowing who their identity is. Sons and daughters as saints of God. We are saints. We are not sinners. We're saints. We're called out ones. We are a royal priest and a holy nation. We get to proclaim the, the wonders of his gospel. We can change the world around us. We can impact the culture around us. I had that written down before I knew they were going to do that song. We can do the works of the king. We're fighting for the works of the king to be demonstrated. As we walk in sons, as, and as we walk as sons and daughters, we get to go. And we get to announce, we get to, announce to all people that the kingdom is here. And we will heal the sick, we'll raise the dead, we'll cure those with leprosy, and we'll cast out demons. Matthew 10, 7 and 8. We will do the acts and the exploits. We will do the works of the king. Let's bow our heads. Father, I thank you for the beautiful body of Christ. I thank you for the church, which is your people, not a building. I thank you that you dwell in those who say, I believe in you. We bow our knee to you and we say, Jesus, just want to bow our knee and say, Jesus, you're Lord. By faith in you, by receiving you, by saying, Jesus, we love you, you come in and you live. And seed comes in. And Father, I thank you for the glorious, victorious church. I thank you that the kingdom is advancing. Even as we speak, your kingdom that has come is growing. It's, 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 it's moving forward. The kingdom of the kingdom of Jesus is advancing on the earth even today. I thank you that we are part of it. And Father, when we would encourage each other and we'll fight for it and say this is what we're fighting for corporately as a church family. And I thank you, God, by the power of the Holy Spirit that you're speaking to each one and you're saying, what are you fighting for? What's that thing God has put in your heart? 
So, Father, we thank you. We thank you that you're good. We thank you for your love. And, Father, thank you for your people. So be strengthened, be encouraged today. We have a beautiful flow of the Holy Spirit even now. We have the prayer teams come up, and they'll be ministering and praying for you. So don't leave you. You've come for prayer. And, you know, sometimes I just do. If if you've never said yes to Jesus, and you even need help with that, come on up. There's people who say, what is that? I heard Pastor Ralph talking about the gospel, having faith in Christ. Come on up. And so thankful for Grace and her team for the prophetic ministry. Remember, it's not spooky. God speaks to us. He uses people. So even if you're, again, come and receive a word from the Lord that will bring life. And it'll bring encouragement, comfort, and exhortation. It'll bring life to your, to your spirit. So have a great day. Be blessed. Prophetic peace, please come up.